0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 1st, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 55 at the second paragraph, Actually We Were. Today's readers are the 12 staff, Julie R., 12 traditions, Gary K., And our context readers are Esther C., Katie F., and Marita. And the reference number from yesterday, uh, Wednesday, April 30th, is to be announced. I'll get that for you. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. And the reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, April 30th, is 6256. 6256. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision For You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie R. to please read the 12 Steps.
1: Julie? Hi, this is Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater, the 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Julie. And I will now ask Jerry Kay to please read the Twelve Traditions.
2: Thank you for your service, Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio films, television and other public media of communication and tradition 12 anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these print, of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before
0: personalities. I pass, thank you. Thank you, Jerry. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us, To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except for the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book Alcoholics Anonymous on page 55, the second paragraph, and I'm going to ask Esther C. to please read uh, the next two paragraphs and Sharing and comments will be focused on both paragraphs. Esther C., please go ahead. Good
3: morning. My name is Esther C. from Canada, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Actually, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found, and it was so with us. Wow. So, you know, one of the things I'm learning as I'm reading the this chapter in the big book is that although I may think that I live my life based on reason, intellect, and uh, logic, it's clear to me that that's not really the case because there's no logical way to explain many things. For example, the love I have for my children or the feeling of awe and wonder that I may, you know, that I experience when I witness certain, you know, wonders of nature so the the concept of a higher power is universal and this is what the big book teaches me that it's a higher power not because it's high up somewhere in the sky or something but it's higher because it's greater than me so this is this is um something that's uh, that's something that everybody that's walking on this earth now is able to access this idea of a higher power and the second paragraph taught me how I'm going to find this power and where I'm going to find this power. Meaning, um, now that I know that the idea of God is, is common to all people, how will I find this power? The second paragraph teaches me sometimes we had to search fearlessly. So to search fearlessly for me meant that I, I'm going to have to take this step without worrying about the future and worrying about the what ifs and worrying about the changes that are going to happen to me and what those are going to look Excuse me, what those are going to look like. Now, where will I find this higher power? Well, here the big book teaches us, we found the great reality deep down within us. So that's where I'm going to find the um, the idea of my higher power, deep down in me. I am not my higher power, but the idea of a higher power will come to me in those quiet moments of contemplation and consideration. And for me personally, I find just having some dialogue in my mind about the god idea is the way i am able to develop my own idea of a higher power and what's really comforting about you know this paragraph is knowing that everyone can have their own idea of a higher power and this is for me where the program of recovery is all inclusive in that it can include everybody and and their ideas of You know their own personal ideas of a higher power, their own religious practices. This is telling me that since I'm going to search deep inside me for my idea concept of a higher power, that means that everybody's own concept, whether it includes a specific religion or doesn't include a specific religion, everybody um, everybody's idea can uh, be you know can be included um, and can be used and could be. uh, I'm just trying to think of the word. is acceptable in, in coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves. And that's um, a real comfort for me because no one ought or need to throw out their current religious practices if that's something that's meaningful for them. And if someone doesn't even have a particular type of religion, then you know they can also develop an idea of a higher power. Everything is possible when we know that the idea of a higher power can be found deep down within us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Marita. And who would like to share
4: on what was read this morning? This is Sally. Sally, go ahead. Thank you, Katie. Good morning.
5: Good morning, a vision for you. It's Sally, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Jersey. This is one of my favorite pages in this book. I'm often quoting from it. Um it's interesting to me. It says here we finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, and I, and we know that Bill was part of the writing of this book, and um, I I can't help but tie in the paragraph before it because these two paragraphs in my book I actually have lines drawn to like they are two paragraphs that almost feel like one paragraph. So I have to say. When it says it may be obscured by, or let me back up a little bit more. Actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child. is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other it is there. And the same theme travels down. It's telling us in the very first line of that paragraph, deep down in every man. And then we come down to this paragraph that we're reading today, and it says sometimes we had to search fearlessly, for he was there. And it's going to say it again in the next paragraph, to search diligently within yourself. So three times in this, in this right in a row, it's telling us to search within yourself. And I'm reminded of on page nine of Bill's story, when Ebby comes to Bill and he says, you know, in a very quiet voice, I would imagine, I've got religion. And Bill has this knee-jerk reaction. I was aghast. And, um, you know, and maybe he was aghast quietly too, you know, like I've got religion, I was aghast, um, is his next sentence. And yet, Bill's knee-jerk reaction is, I was aghast, and yet, in the the coming pages, Bill starts to really take another look at what happened at Winchester Cathedral on page 1 and page 10 and page 12. It's like a thread through his story of Winchester Cathedral, where he was much moved, but he wasn't really willing to look at why he was much moved or what happened in Winchester Cathedral. And when Ebby says to him, I was aghast, I mean, uh, I've got religion, and his reaction is that knee jerk, I was aghast, like, oh gosh, oh no, what's coming? It's amazing to me that down deep inside Bill, there was something inside him that knew that there is a God inside of him that that he believed down deep, if he would just push past that knee-jerk reaction of, oh, no. And let me just say, um, you know, to end here, that what we're talking about here is what I was eating over. The book, you know, the beauty of this book is that we don't just have here a program that's giving us a diet and telling us to get off of certain foods that are allergies to our body and that that lead to the mental obsession. But now we're going to get to what we were eating over. And these, these paragraphs are to help me to understand that I was playing God in a nutshell and that I do have a God, that he, he is there. If I wouldn't just stop the knee-jerk reaction of I was aghast and be a little open-minded, and I have, and I have been shocked at what I have found. Thanks for letting me share. Can I pass.
0: Thanks, Sally. And this is Katie G. And I'm just going to take a moment. I just am so inspired by these two paragraphs. I got to this point in the writing in the steps with my sponsor, right? We were having a marathon reading of the first 63 pages so that I could have my second surrender after I'd gotten abstinent and had been beaten by life itself to the 12 steps because I had no other solution. And what she said to me is that you know Katie. here's the good news deep down in you is god and it was such a blessing and but what she said to me is it may be obscured by calamity and what's calamity a grave event marked by great loss and that's true like calamity is going to come in and i'm going to try and manage the show i'm going to try and take it over by pomp and what was pomp she said pomp is false showing seeking power prestige Right, I share all the time. I got abstinent and I was like, where's my stuff? Where's my power? Where's my prestige? What human power is going to fix me and make me better because I'm in a thin body now, right? And it's also blocked by three, worship of other things. What other things do I worship? Men, clothes, money, distraction, candy crush, anything, right? Like anything that's going to take me out of the present moment. But he said it's there. Like, so here I am, step two, like, Katie, it's okay. You've got God inside you, but you're blocked. So we need to help you get unblocked. So what are we going to do? We're going to search fearlessly. What does step four say? Made a searching and fearless or immoral inventory of ourselves, right? Like it wasn't so much about me getting some great idea of what God was. It was being devastated on the fact that I knew I could not manage my own life. I'm without power, choice, and control around food. Um, I cannot manage my own life and I need a God. And the only way to get the God, to get to God, to get to this great reality, which he pointed out to me, is capitalized, right? This great reality, this friend, he is within you. The way you get to him is by clearing out your selfishness, your dishonesty, your self-centeredness, and your fear, it's always, it keeps coming back to this, right? The manifestations of self are preventing me from God, just like picking up the food every time. I, there was no way I could get to God, right? You know, because then I had food in my way, and I was worshiping, and I had myself. And so it was such a gift to hear this, and it was so motivating for me because even if I didn't feel him in that present moment, guess what? I'm on the other side. Whatever that means is I don't feel God every single moment, but I search fearlessly every day, right? Because most of the time I'm feeling like he's there. And when he's not, is it because he's gone away? No, it's because I have. And Katie is back in charge, right? And I have no no job in management any longer. And with that, I pass. And I'd like to welcome who else would like to share on these two paragraphs.
6: Monica
7: go for it Monica
6: <laughs> good morning Katie and good morning everyone my name is Monica I am a recovered compulsive overeater and I want to take you all back to page 45 for a second there the first full paragraph it says and of course we were in we agnostics here the chapter we agnostics and they're trying to get us to, if we're having issues with a higher power idea, you know, if that brings up the old hairs on our neck or whatever, they're trying in this chapter to get us to, to think outside the box we've been in, you know. Um, are we willing to think outside the box? Here are some ideas to help you think outside the box. And and we're working on, on step two. Um came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Because, you know, I've already come to the conclusion in step one that I'm powerless. I am screwed. I am in the corner. It has got me cornered. I can't go anywhere. And nothing I have done works. So lack of power, that was our dilemma. And we had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. Obviously but where and how were we to find this power well that's exactly what this book about is about so now on page 44 or 45 are the questions but where and how were we to find this power and here we are being given the answers on page 55 and in this paragraph we're being told how we have to ser- search fearlessly and where deep down within us. And this is so important that in the next paragraph, which we haven't read again, we are going to be given the how and the where again. So, and how do they know this? These are the 100 recovered alcoholics who have been through this process, and this has been their experience 100%. And um, that it was so with us is what they're saying. And this has been my experience, too. So keep searching diligently, fearlessly inside of yourself. And with that, I pass. Thank you,
0: Monica. And who else would like to comment on what was read?
8: Sarah. Hello, my name is Mike. Can I share? Leah.
0: Okay. I heard three people. So I heard Sarah, I heard Mike, and I heard Leah. Did I miss anybody?
8: No, you didn't miss me, no.
0: Okay, so that's our lineup. We have Sarah first, then Mike, then Leah. Sarah?
9: Good morning, Katie. It's good to hear you on the line. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive over-eater. Um, This is, like, my f- very favorite part of the book, and I think for me, um, I think when I get into gratitude about all that I have and I start seeing you know, um, it's kind of like watching a baby sleep or, you know, listening to the birds outside. Um, you know, I start to really feel that sense. It's almost like a warm feeling inside of me. And and it's almost like my eyes feel like they start to smile. And, and, and it's, um, you know, I can go anywhere and I feel that sense of, my higher power within me, um, and and I think that this is such a a beautiful part of the book. Um, and you know, I was at a treatment facility last night, and I I just, you know, I saw all these people that were really in the depths of um, you know just coming into some kind of recovery, and it gave me such um, such joy. You know, and I think that that's another part of it. Um, it's like in the midst of calamity, we can feel that sense of safety and peace. And that is what real uh, faith is about. And, you know, when we talk about coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, um, it, it truly is my very favorite step because I really feel like this is where I get to have the hope that, things can be really good for me. Things can be good for all of us. And it's almost like, I'm sure you've all seen those, the, 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 the little wording, life is good. Um, uh, you know, I think that's what comes into play, even in the midst of calamity and sadness. Somehow we can feel like life is good.
4: And I think I'd like to leave off
8: there. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. And Mike, go ahead. Hi, my name's Mike. I'm a compulsive overeater. um, Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, Mike, we can hear you.
8: Okay, Yeah, I'm still not used to the phone needing mute. i mute, sort of thing, kind of a technical, but um. Anyhow, what I really like when you know it's funny, I've been in you know, in this program in LA almost two years now, and I've been in other repro- reprograms for a couple of decades at this point, but particularly when you study the book like this, there's always something I can really learn by getting in a more detailed sort of reading of it. And I never really I mean, people will often Talk about having a different understanding of God once they enter a twelve-step program, but I didn't realize it was really specifically in the Big Book where it talks about finding the God within. You know, that line kind of really stuck with me today. That there isn't—it's not that some outside circumstance or situation or thing is going to kind of fix me, or that God is sort of something above that I have to sort of that's distant. It's, it's here. It's inside. It's just getting in touch with that voice. You know, that it next sense of what the right thing to do is, what the next sober thing to do is, so that I don't pick up food or pick up other substances or pick up other behaviors. And you know, I'm just in a very grateful mood about program this morning. I went through one of my most stressful months in recovery. I was visiting my elderly folks in Florida. My father's starting, you know, he's eighty-nine, so he's starting to get bit of dementia. Um, I had, and I also had, you know, because I took a part-time job for, you know get busy and to get some extra money. And it just turned out it wasn't for various reasons. It wasn't ethical and wasn't a fit. So I ended up leaving it. And those two things. And the, the point is those two things under other circumstances would have put me right back in the it was especially the job, because I was working in places where there were a lot of food, you know, and we were doing stuff at a and for an environmental firm and, you know, I didn't pick it up and I wasn't really thinking, oh, I have to lose weight. I can't eat or whatever. I mean, at points it got tricky, but it just didn't become as much of an issue. It was just, you know, work your program, stick to the food that's been working for you, and, you know, and and that's what's happened. I've maintained a weight loss, a significant weight loss, and and I'm just happier now. And more importantly, you know, I left on my terms. It wasn't that I kind of got possibly fired because I wasn't able to function. I left, you know, with them wanting me to be there, and I just knowing it wasn't the right thing for me to do. It was a 180-degree difference in how I behaved, how I got along with people, which is reflected in other areas of my life in terms of my relationships with family, in terms of relationships with friends, and in terms of relationships with myself. And I guess those things underneath are really what I look for. And You know, this weekend I'm going away on an 11-step retreat. I, I live in you know, New York City, White Plains, and i going up to the Catskills. And it will be really, I And mean, it's just this is kind of like the beginning of it, just sharing here this morning. So I guess I did the three minutes. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Mike. And Leah, go ahead.
8: Thanks
10: so much, KDG. Your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. I don't know, that word only really popped out at me this morning. And, you know, it just reminds me that the whole point of the program of recovery, and certainly the whole point of steps four through nine, uh, that searching fearlessly that they speak about in this paragraph, is to clean out the sludge, those uh, spiritual, you know, the the impediments that clear out the channel. You know, the steps four through nine clear out my channel that's uh, obstructed. So cleaning out all those obstacles, you know, the wreckage of my past, the resentment, the fear, um, you know, all that opens up that channel so that the God within me can be revealed. And that's the essence of what the 12 steps do. That's the essence of what the 12 steps did for me and continue to do for me, is remove the things that block me from my higher power, which is where? Which is deep down within us. You know, the appendix in the back refers to it as that unsuspected inner resource. Um, you know, so that's the whole point of these steps especially steps four through nine where we get to uncover the blocks that keep us from being, and being uh, able to have a relationship with God. You know, it moves from just an intellectual pursuit to a real experience a real experience, and that's exactly what the program has uh, done for me and that's what the steps mean um, for me is to begin to live out of the center of my being, (laughs) that profound center that I can find when I determine not to be shallow, when I determine to do the work of the steps and not to be content just to rest on the surface of my life to, to uh, get obscured by calamity and by pomp and by worship of other things. That's the su- surface of my life. That's the superficiality of my life. But the program of recovery means that I have an opportunity through the application of these steps to live out of the center of my being you know, that profound center where I'm not shallow and I'm not just merely resting on the surface of life, but I have an opportunity to live out of the depths of my being. And it's in the depths of my being where I find God. You know, so the program of recovery is always leading me within. And from that uh, within, you know, then uh, the, the, the impediments, the sludge gets cleaned out. I have an opportunity to relate and have a relationship with uh, the God of my understanding, and then that energy um, can, can flow outward in compassionate service. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. And who else would like to comment on these two paragraphs
4: before we move on? Press star one. Great. Okay, then I'm going to ask Katie F., could you
0: please pick up our reading and continue?
11: Okay, just read the next paragraph. Yes, please, Katie. Okay, good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Central Virginia. We can only clear the ground a bit. If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. And so we're in step two, and, you know, I just think about, you know, when I was looking at step two, after I had thoroughly looked at step one, I was already abstinent for, you know, a few days or a few weeks. And that is what I hold on to today. You know, 26 years later is the fact that God met me where I was at my need after I had been binging every day for months. I could not make it to 10 o'clock in the morning without popping food in my mouth. That was on no food plan on the planet. And so what I realize is that, you know, if you are on this meeting this morning and you have managed to stay abstinent until now, then God is meeting you where you are because it's just such a miracle that I stopped picking up the food before I picked up uh, recovery. And, you know, that's what it's saying here is that um, just look within yourself. Just look at what God is already doing in your life. And it's so sad to me when, you know, calamity comes in people's lives And they think that food is now, again, the solution. Food was never the solution for me. It's what I use because I didn't want to face life. And I thought that whatever problem I had was bigger than God. And, you know, I really was making food my God because I was putting it in the place of God. And now, you know, I'm on step two and I have managed, not by my power, but by God's power to stop that madness. And so, you know, today when I think, oh my gosh, you know, I got home last night and the basement was flooded. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, this is the worst thing in the world. And oh, it's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. And then I think, wait a minute, how many things has God brought me through? I think I'll get through the basement being flooded and, you know, I move on, I move on with my day and that's how I handle every crazy situation that happens in life, and I don't have to pick up the food today. It's that moment, that pause, that uh, seeking God every minute of every day when things come up that I think I should eat over, which was pretty much anything by the time I got to these rooms. So uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. And who else Leanne? would like to
0: comment
11: on?
0: Go ahead, Leanne.
7: Hi, this is Leanne from Florida. Recovered and um the consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. And um that was um that was my experience a lot like with um Katie just shared. Ouch. It was um it was in that um taking the action and and seeing the change that came over me when I took one little step forward. And I think the thing that struck me the most about God was his gentleness with me. And um, I just can't believe how um, whatever it was that came over me helped me not freak out, helped me not run away, and helped me start facing the hardest things I've ever faced in my life, which was to learn how to live in my own skin. And um, that's how the consciousness of my belief came to me. I always had God religiously i wanted him and i had some spiritual experiences before too like i really came to know him in a personal way but this area of my life was just held on very very tight and kept very far away from him i didn't want to know anything about what he wanted me to do with this area of my life because it was a blocked road it was completely blocked and it was took that one little step of um of trusting him through a sponsor and a nutritionist that I came to really believe in his character and his um, way of dealing with me personally. And along the line, along the way, he would give me little personal heart touches along the way that just deepened my faith in him. Little things. Um, um, one time um, he... Even And I, I, I see everything happening through God now. Like everything that happens is Him because He's everything. And there was a time when um, I had a car accident and there was a huge dent in the car. And it was like, oh, my goodness. And the dent popped out. It just popped out. I went to show my husband and things like that, just little things. And the intuition that I've had. Um, With my kids and the little premonitions I get about something that might happen, I better take extra extra caution here. Um, Those are ways that I'm coming to believe still. And my coming to believe never ends. But the first coming to believe was really the change that came over me with um, the area of food, body weight, size, shape, exercise, all that stuff. He, um, He touched me deeply there. And I just wanted to share that. Thank you, PATH.
0: Thanks, Leanne. And who else would like to comment on what we This is
12: Bella. Can I share?
0: And this is Janice. Yeah, sure. So we've got Bella, and then we've got Janice. Bella, please
12: go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph. We can only clear the ground a bit. What means the ground? The ground is the, found the, the, the basis of my life. Yes, now I can clear it. Before the program, I was living and I was connected only with my self-power, only with my self-ego. I was connected only with my own ideas and will. And sure, I came to nowhere. This is was, this is wasn't a life. This was a life with blaming and judging and anger and full of resentment. Now I can only clear the ground. Now what means the ground? to let go my self-power. I am connected to a higher power than me. I am connected to a power of love and respect. I am only a messenger. I My job is to give over the message of God. And like other delivery guys, they have to be honest. You know, if, if they are delivering and they are not honest and they are stealing or whatever, they will lose their job. I have to be honest with me, with myself, and with God. What is the message that God wants me now to give it over? Without asking questions, without asking for reasons, what is the message that God wants me to give it over? I I let go my self-power. Now I I am not anymore self-centered. I don't want I don't need to blame and to judge other people why they are not doing or acting or thinking the same way as me. Now I am thinking how I can change the world. How can I be in service to do the best I can one day at a time to give over the message of God? This is the the ground of my new life, and this this is the only thing that I can do, to look at myself and to think, well, what God wants me right now to do. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. And Janice,
13: go ahead. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Thank you for your service, and um, good morning. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, you know, I have to always remind myself what, what page I'm on, what chapter I'm in. And uh, we're in chapter, we agnostics, step two, only step two. Sometimes I'm a very complicated person, so I want to simplify this for myself, through my experience. With this attitude, which means with this simple attitude, I cannot fail. What a promise that is. I cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief, or willing to believe—I mean, I don't even have to believe anything, but just be willing to believe—you know—is sure to come to you. That's a beautiful, hopeful promise. All I have to do is three criteria here. It says, and it's my attitude here. Okay, I—I I, I knew, you know, I, I listened to people on the on the line. They're recovered. It's their testimony. Um, all right, or maybe I'm not convinced yet, but they're telling the truth. You know, they've been transformed. So, if, you know, if our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, my prejudice, any old ideas, just be open-minded, Janice. Don't be so closed-minded as at, to at, at your beliefs, you know, because they, you know, uh, a good wisdom person on the line told me, you know, they have to be smashed. Your beliefs, Janice, aren't always the truth. So try to open your mind. Clear away some of those old ideas. Lay them aside, you know. And then if you are really a compulsive overeater and you lack power to solve your problem, that's the second. Then that will encourage me, which it did. Well I I lack power. So I ha- I mean, what other choice do I have? I'm going to search diligently within myself. And to do that I have to continue to do these steps. That's how I search diligently because, like we just said, the paragraph before, that's going to unblock me when I start on the action step of step four. But this step is just telling me, be willing to believe, Janice. You know, look and just be willing. You don't even have to believe in anything. Just be willing to believe that it's not you. This higher power is not you because it hasn't worked. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janet. And who else would like to comment on what we read? Lauren S. Sure. Lauren, go ahead, please. Thank
14: you. Lauren S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, here, I, I'm i brought back to when they talk about um, this Certain attitude on page fifty in the in the fourth paragraph um, if they hear thousands of men and women uh to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things has been a revolutionary change and um sometimes I wonder like what do they mean by attitude and they I think they talk about attitude again. Anna. Pages back in the twenties or such, and here um, they say with this attitude. So they're telling me, you know, kind of what my the answer to my question was. What what the answer? You know, what 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 attitude are they talking about? Well, here they're telling me, uh,
4: you
14: know, if I can make a decision based on believing in a power with justice and not the God of my previous understanding, which was hellfire and brimstone and um, he was reserved for certain people. If I can change my attitude, which is there's a God inside myself, through him And within myself, I'll find that power. It's like the power is here. It's in me. I just have to do this sweep away prejudice, think honestly, search fearlessly. I can find that power. It's there. I can access it, though. The attitude I I came to come to when I reached this is, um, you know, is it's it's a simple program, it's understandable and it's 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 able to be done. It's able to be done because I'm reading the personal story of people who have already done it, who have recovered. Who who are sharing what works for them and they're sharing a book from 5 years of experience and um Oh, my gosh, it's just so It's so, it's
0: so powerful.
14: Uh, thank you. With that, I'll pass.
4: Thank you, Lauren. And who else would like to comment on what was read before we move on? Press star one. Okay, great. So, Marita, I'm going to have you read our next paragraph, please. Good morning, Katie. It's Marita,
15: compulsive overeater, recovered in Virginia. Can you
0: please tell me where we are? I was actually brushing my teeth. I'm sorry. Oh, Marita, no problem. We're on the bottom of page fifty-five. We're book. at the page. Yep, yeah, um, in this book. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. In this
15: book, you will read the experience of a man who thought he was an atheist. His story is so interesting that some of it should be told now. His change of heart was dramatic, convincing, and moving. Our friend was a minister's son. He attended church school where he became rebellious at what he thought an overdose of religious education. For years thereafter, he was dogged by trouble and frustration, business failure, insanity, fatal illness, suicide. These calamities in his immediate family embittered and depressed him post-war disillusionment, ever more serious alcoholism, impending mental and physical collapse brought him to the point of (coughs) self-destruction.
4: Excuse me. All right, so... um,
15: I just swallowed my toothpaste, I'm sorry. (coughs) So this story... We do read later on in the in the in the um personal story section. But um this guy at this point in his life, he is in despair. Like it says, he's he's bitter and he's on the point of self-destruction. So this is step 1 work for him. And he he is an atheist because he rejected his early training his early childhood, he got too much of it, too much religion, and I can really identify with that. I felt like I'd been um, I felt like that I'd been fed misinformation all my early years um, when I was in um, edu- a religious school and um, be- being taught strict procedures, and then also watching people inside that religious organization, um, being hypocritical and in, in not really following the principles that were being espoused. So um, at this point in his story, you could see where he would be pretty um, in, filled with self-pity and uh, doubt and um, just having no answers and feeling ready, ready, ready to die. And so that's where we leave him. I'm, I'm, looking forward to the, I'm looking forward to the happy ending, but right now it's pretty, it's pretty sad. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass.
4: Thanks, Marina. And who else would like to comment on what was just read? Press star one to unmute. Okay. Anyone like to share? Hello?
0: Yes.
4: Hi, this is Rachel calling from Jerusalem. Thank
16: you for your service. Yeah, I just wanted to say briefly that I think we will be able to share a lot better once we read the next paragraph. It just has to go with it. You know, it's hard. Yeah. May I? I would be glad to read it if you want me to. But there are other people online who already are doing the service.
0: So I know. Why don't you go ahead? If you want to
16: read that paragraph, that would be fine. Good. Thank you so much. One night, when confined in a hospital, can you hear me okay?
0: I can,
11: yeah.
16: One night, when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. Our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, If there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later, alone in his room, he asked himself this question, Is it possible that all the religious people I have known are wrong? While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came. It crowded out all else. Who are you to say there is no God? So if I may comment on that, actually the first paragraph encapsulates um, the whole, from a little different angle, but all of Bill's story, it's uh, showing the progression of what happened to this man without God, and where his best thinking and efforts have brought him, being a minister's son. I've known people like that, and it's very painful because he didn't even trust his father. He rebelled against everything. So the fact that, one, that, that God came to him through his wounds, that somebody came to him and tried to explain to him his spiritual sickness and how he can get over it, and that got him even angrier. Blaming God for not having done anything for him. And then how is in his room, he thinks, is it possible that all religious people are wrong? And I'm the only one who is right? And that's the turnaround. He he just, God helped him turn it around in his head. While pondering the answer, he felt, it's, of course he lived in hell, because because actually all of mankind is spiritually sick to that extent. They don't come to where addiction brings, but most people, you know, to live just under, like Leah said, under that surface of life, you can't sustain yourself there for very long. And then that thunderbolt, that great thought that crowded everything else out, suddenly he he became human size. You know, he was only filled with his ego and his thinking and his way of looking at things. And all of a sudden, it's it's just miraculous, this sentence, what happened to him to think this sentence. Who are you to say there is no God? All this, like, blown himself up like a balloon with the ego being being as big as uh, Grand Central Station suddenly popped open like the balloon Popped open and, and let the air out. Who do you think you are? I mean, you, you're alive, no? It's it's amazing that you're alive and you're at this point and somebody's coming to, to rescue you. Somebody's throwing you a rope and you're there saying, and, and how many times did I do that, to say, oh, um, this um, life preserver, it's, it's blue. I'd like a pink one instead while I'm drowning. And so it brought him to his knees, actually. And and it's beautiful. This These two paragraphs are, are really beautiful. Uh, it, it, it's the miraculous spiritual awakening, and it's very exciting that it can be for all of us. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank
0: you. Thank you. And we have time for a quick comment if someone else would like to share before we close. Hi this is Melissa. Thanks Melissa we have uh, about two minutes.
17: Okay I just um, you know I was just thinking how um, for me um, I was able to deny God's existence because my will wasn't being you know brought out into my life and so when tragedies occurred um then i could curse god's existence and deny god's existence and um you know the great epiphany for me was that god was there my higher power was there because i survived might have been using the food in order to survive but you know that's acceptance too that that perhaps at that time of my life that's what i needed for survival and um and then my higher power is there to bring me to the next phase in my life when I'm able to utilize a healthier way to survive. And um, I'm so grateful for, um, for this group. This morning meeting is um, has been life-changing for me. And with that, yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Melissa. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Esther C., are you
4: available to read a vision for you? Esther, are you on the line? Okay. Um, KDF, are you on the line to read a vision for you? And Julie R., are you on the line to read a vision for you? I, I
15: can read it. Katie, can you hear me?
0: Yes. Whomever, what? Who is this? this?
15: This is Marita. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yes, please, Marita. Marita. Go ahead. Thank you so much.